Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what? they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket on the last day of Test Cricket for this summer of 2018. 4-1 to England. But not quite how expected. Well, another incredible day's cricket. We thought yesterday was amazing and it was with Cook's 100, his farewell 100. But just for a moment today, or half an hour or so, we thought we were witnessing even more cricket history. It was always going to be difficult for India, you know, hugely difficult to chase down 464. But during that double century partnership between Pant and Rahul, they just for a short while threatened it. It needed to go on. He needed to have the perfect chase from you know from 150 at T or 160 at T, and the ball was spinning sharply out of the rough from from Rashid. So it was, it was never going to be easy. But I mean, it was fantastic entertainment, wonderful entertainment from 120 for five. I mean, who would have thought it? A double century stand, two guys making 100, one in 118 balls, one in 117 balls. Brilliant, thrilling batting on the final day. And uh, there must have been one or two uh, worried England players out there. And, well, not least the captain, Alist- uh, Alistair Cook. The, well, ca- the, cap- Freudian, the, the captain, <laughs> Joe Root, uh, who is al- already declared once in Test cricket and, and lost the game. But you know, ultimately, just a you know, just a bit too difficult. That's why it's so difficult to chase you know four hundred plus in a test match. It was a, it was another potential record of in a match of record breaking yeah. achievements because the, the highest run chase in a test match, successful run chase, is four hundred eighteen. Yeah. So four hundred and sixty to win was never really on. Yeah. And actually, England always had that potential recourse to leg spinner bowling into the rough which in the end of course actually worked the oracle and that, that, that got the wicket but it was an interesting contrast when you go back to that partnership of uh, Rahul the opening batsman and, and Pant Rahul in particular an opening batsman such a contrast to the man who's retired from this game Alistair Cook who you know we've said probably almost uh, ad infinitum that he he's a an accumulator of runs who nudges and nurdles and, and pokes balls for, for twos and threes and fours. 
whereas Rahul is, is a classic striker of the ball who's really come through the IPL. In fact, he dominated the, the Indian Premier League last sort of springtime and he just plays grand shots. I mean, he's a great watch, isn't he? He's, he's a great sort of imperious driver of the ball and looking to play the pull shot and looking to be aggressive. And he got the, the, the 100 in how many balls did you say? 118 balls. 118 for, balls, yeah. And 117 for Pant. Yeah. I mean, you could say, actually, you know, Alistair Cook was reasonably fluent yesterday, but you, you could actually see the reason today why it was time for Cook to retire when you got two guys like this, two young guys. The game has sort of moved on. Who, That's who what are, I was trying to yeah, say, really. just so just so fluent. I yeah. mean, Cook's always played that way, though. I mean, mm. you know, his, his first test was... It's like his last test, or his last test was like his first test. And that was slightly said, slightly tongue in cheek. But, you know, they just made it look so easy. The runs were just flowing. England couldn't stop the avalanche. They, the, I suppose, in the end, England proved again that they just had a little bit more than India when it came to those sort of critical moments. In fact, if you look back at the series, there have been two very one sided test matches the one at Lords, obviously favouring England, the one at Trembridge easily won by the Indians. But the other three games have all been quite tightly contested with the outcome sort of in the balance on the last day and certainly for the last sort of session or two. But England have come through before today on two of those occasions, both at Edgebaston, where probably getting Coley's wicket, Stokes, LBW, got them home. That was the probably the narrowest margin of victory. And then in that uh, Southampton game, where Coley again got out and then Rashid, sorry, then Moen yeah. uh, took key wickets, got uh, the wicket of Coley, uh, ricocheting off his glove, um, a hairline decision by the umpire. So England won those sort of... Where the game was sort of teetering one way or the other, England ran home, and again, they did, th they did that today. 130-odd to win still, with five wickets left. You still thought, well, it's... It's, it's one it's, mistake, it's possible, isn't it? But, but one mistake, one mistake. Yeah. And there was... Well, actually, in a way, it's a bit harsh to call Rahul being bowled by Rashid a mistake, because that was a shame-worn delivery, which spun about... Two yards, it was yeah. a massive delivery. Yeah, what, what I mean by one mistake is you, you know there's you yes. know, one error, whatever it is, one wicket, it just opens the game, changes sure. it, and actually talk about a mistake. And Pant, he couldn't help himself, and he was, he was caught at long off. I would just take slight issue with it being a, a shame-worn delivery. I mean, okay. it, it, was in, it was in one sense um, because it spun out of the rough, but the batsman had been warned whereas with, with Shane Warne's ball to Mike Gatting there was no warning it came you know, it was his first ball of the, and of, also, of the series and also another thing two other things in Shane Warne's favour firstly it was bowled from over the wicket the, the Gatting delivery yeah. which is a little bit harder to make it spin that far and secondly it was on a Fairly freshish pitch. I mean, yeah, first exactly. or second day? Was it the second day or the first day? I can't remember now. Yeah, the second day. But it wasn't, day. certainly wasn't the fifth day. Yeah. So there wasn't as much rough for him to play with. That was the point I was going to make is that, is that Rashid was bowling into the rough, into the rough. The ball was spitting and bouncing. I mean, batsmen were being hit on the head, on the shoulder. It was you know, beating the wicketkeeper. It wasn't, it wasn't a surprise that the ball turned that much. Mm. Um, yeah. But it was it was a, a fantastic combination of, of bounce and spinning across, you know, enough turn and spinning across Rahul. I mean, it, lo it looked dramatic, and it, it sort of was a Shane Warne type ball. But it, in a way, it, it wasn't quite the same. No, I, I understand that, that drama involved. Also, it didn't have the same uh, batsman. The batsman wasn't quite as wide <laughs> either. In the case of obviously Mike Gatting, um, and you know that I love that line, Graham Gooch, uh, when he was at the other end, wasn't he? When Gatting was bowled by that ball, he said, "Well, if it was a cheese roll, it wouldn't have got past." him. It's an old line, isn't it? But still quite funny. Um, credit to Root for keeping Rashid going, actually, mm. I thought, because 
the, the, the second new ball was due then, and he just gave Rashid another couple of overs. There was an over he bowled to Pant, which turned quite a bit out of the rough, and there was a couple of googlies and things, and one kept really low, and, Rash, uh, and Pant kind of miscued and things. So uh, Root, rather than going to his obvious default, second new ball, Broad Anderson, he kept Rashid going, and Anderson with the old ball, and that was the, the, the wicket, in fact, two wickets. He got both... Uh, Rahul and then panned out. So uh, good, good, good captaincy by Root there. And then we have the uh, the Pierce de Resistance in this game was Anderson getting that final wicket. And it, it looked like it might not happen yeah. at, at one point, didn't it? But he it was, just got it in the end. It was all written. It's taken, it was all written. It's taken us six minutes actually to discuss. To even mention the name Jimmy Anderson, who, who finished it off and, and went past Glenn McGrath. I mean, just a remarkable achievement by. Jimmy Anderson and you know, the, the fact that he, he, he I think that the thing about him as well I remember watching Glenn towards the end of his career and he, you know he's a bit he's a bit stiff he was Glenn a, McGrath yeah and he, look, he just looked a bit of a liability in the field he was still a, a fine bowler and Jimmy just I mean Jimmy is what 36 mm. and looks about 28 and he, he seems to be getting better you look at his last three summers 102 wickets at home at 15.8 those are incredible statistics for a 34 to 36-year-old. Um, he's obviously been more successful at home than he has away. 368 wickets at 23 at home. 196 wickets at 32 away. And if you just compare that with Glenn McGrath, who took 289 wickets at home at 22, 274 wickets away at 20.81. Glenn, you know, a, a better bowler away from home, a magnificent bowler. I mean, probably pound for pound, a better bowler than Jimmy, uh, even well, though Jimmy's... Well, I wouldn't say... I, wouldn't you yeah, say that? Even no, though Jimmy, I, Jimmy's I, gone past him, but do you think Glenn, Glenn's just a fraction better bowler? No, no I wouldn't, actually. I, I, I really? would say Well, I would say Anderson is a more skillful bowler. I think the, 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 the thing that... The reason why I think Jimmy is a, a better bowler is because he can make the ball move in the air as well as off the pitch. Whereas McGrath basically just relied on line and length and his height and long levers to get the ball to... to I mean, he moved the ball off the seam, certainly, but he didn't really know which way it was going. Bowling with the Kookaburra ball, then? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, that, that's a good point. Uh, bowling with the Kookaburra ball. But I felt... I think, I think the thing with McGrath is because he's a line bowler, mm. he has more control. You don't know on a day-to-day basis as a swing bowler, which Anderson is, whether the ball is going to swing or not, what condition the ball is in. You are more reliant on... Well, it's certainly early in his career, it was more reliant on a ball which was in good condition. Whereas I think latterly he's learned other skills which have enabled him to be effective in non-swinging conditions. Now, obviously McGrath was very consistent throughout his career, but he never had to worry about whether the ball was swinging or not. He just bowled the same length day and day out. He was a machine. He was robotic. Yeah. He, was, he was sort of metronomic in his, in his accuracy, which is a fantastic accolade. But actually, for pure bowling artistry, Anderson's better for me. Well, he's a fantastic bowler to watch, Jimmy Anderson, and, and so skillful. Um, for, for me, Glenn... Just a little bit better. Okay. Um, you know, if you if you were, I say, suppose you could ask. It, it might be a, a question: Who would you rather face, or who, you know, who would or, you not like to face out yeah. of those two? McGrath would give you absolutely nothing, and would probably get you out. Whereas Anderson might give you a little bit more, but might also bowl the unplayable delivery. More likely to bowl an unplayable delivery. McGrath would just work you over and get you out in in a different sort of way. Yeah, but oh, well, yeah, clearly both fabulous 
bowlers, absolutely fabulous. I mean, in a way, it seems it seems unfair to sort of say which one is be- better than yeah. the other. Who just yeah. celebrate both their careers because they were both wonderful bowlers. And and well, they, I say they both were wonderful bowlers. Jimmy Anderson, he's got, uh, Alistair Cook's gone, but Jimmy Anderson shows no signs okay. of, of wanting I, no, to go. I, I was watching him actually play football this morning before play, and he was galloping up and down. This is my, this is my point, no, like Glenn, comparing yeah. Glenn physically with, yeah. with Jimmy Anderson. You know uh, Anderson's now bowled, that was his 31,500th ball for England. McGrath did the, the 563 wickets in about 29,500 balls, so in actual fact it took 2,000 balls less out of McGrath mm. to get those, those wickets. But Anderson, he runs around as a footballer or in the field like a gazelle, mm. so I can see him getting 600 wickets. He could overtake Kumble, yeah. which is 619. Yeah, and Anderson today... Thirteen point three overs, nine maidens, one for twelve in his in one his spell in his second spell. Wow, amazing! Yeah, I mean his consistency is incredible. Yeah. It, it, now I think he's almost more accurate than McGrath. McGrath had the extra ingredient of height. Mm. He was a bit taller, so he got a bit more bounce. And actually, his physique was probably better for fast bowling, ultimately, than Anderson, because he, he was that bit taller, therefore longer levers, and he... Remember how close to the stumps yeah. he bowled, actually? Yeah. That left foot landed almost on leg stump, so he was wicket to wicket, absolutely like... If you set a bowling machine up just next to the stumps in the nets and keep pinging it down to about 82 miles an hour on a leg, that's Glenn McGrath. Yeah. Well, we're going to miss Anderson when he eventually does go, because he's just such a joy to watch, because yeah. he, is, he is just so skillful. He's a magician. Yeah, he's, 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 he's wonderful to watch him. Let's think about the series... England winning by a, 118 runs. We, we've we've sort of touched on it, you know, the, the tightness of the games. I mean, it, it has been, I, I think, one of the you know the, the most enjoyable summers that, that I can remember for you know a very long time in in, in Test cricket. And we had 2005. You go a long way to beat that. 1981. You go you know a long way to beat that as well. But you know, we had, we had things like. It's easy to forget. We have things like Scotland beating England at one day cricket. I mean, this is this is the team England, and okay, they were missing one or two on the day, but this is the team that hoped to win the World Cup next year, beaten by Scotland. That was I thought was just an incredible day in Edinburgh. We had England beating Australia five 0 in a one day series. I've forgotten that. <laughs> I mean, there's just been so, there's just yeah. been so much, and even the the white ball cricket, the turnaround in the, the one day the, series, the was interesting. In the, yeah, exactly. And we, actually, that seemed to give England confidence and self-belief in a way after India trounced England in that first 50 over game Mm. England then came back and won the other two and it was suddenly their season was sort of off and running because actually the the Pakistan tests were kind of won all you know you sort of thought well are England really as strong as we like to believe or are they as fragile as we actually forecast well yes Uh, they they lost the first test of the summer to Pakistan then came back well at Headingley so in a way that that the pivotal moment of the of the summer was winning that second one day international against India, yeah. and since then, I think they've only lost one game the uh, the Test match at Trent Bridge. The test match at Trent Bridge. So, so where is this England side then? In, they've they've just beaten the number one team in the world, four one, admittedly at home. Uh, they've got lots of of talented cricketers. I, I, you know, we had this conversation at the start of the series where you said you thought you know, England would exploit India's weak batting. I said, I think there are lots of holes in this England side that India can exploit. Well, they sort of did it to some extent, but actually, ultimately, you were uh, proved correct that England you know, were, were just able to get into India's batting a bit more. Um, is, it, is it just going to be a case of uh, good at home 
bad away? Well, I think until they find an opening pair, yes. And what uh, about some spinners as well? And, and well, I've, I've been impressed with Moen, actually. Although, the only thing about Moen Ali's bowling is, again, he's a bit mechanical. I don't think he's a bowling artist. He's not one who, on a flat wicket, can toss one up and entice the batsman into a mishit. He tends to be a bit repetitive, just bowling the, fa- the same sort of pace and the same sort of line and length, which might work very well on a turning wicket at Southampton, but less so if there's not so much in the pitch and you've got good players of spin. So he's going to need some support. So in Sri Lanka, I'd want someone who is spins it the other way. Uh, Rashid, for all his valuable wickets at the end of innings in this series, I don't think I would trust. Uh, I, you know, he's a luxury, Rashid. So I would be more inclined to, to bowl somebody like Jack Leach, to have somebody like Jack Leach who is a bit more consistent and spins the ball away from the bat in contrast to Mo and Ali. And then they've got to find an opening pair because otherwise there's no proper opening pair, there's no stability. And that's what England's problem has been all summer. But do you not think that the fact that because England have got so many all-rounders that they could actually, in a test match, quite comfortably have three spinners in Sri Lanka? They could play Rashid, yeah, Moen's going to up the order anyway, and, yeah. and, and Jack Leach comes in for a for a pace bowler. It might be might be Stuart Broad. There is talk actually, isn't there, of uh, Anderson playing one half of the winter and perhaps Broad playing the other. So you would have Anderson and a Wokes or. Well, you have, Sam Curran, I think, would yeah. be good in, in overseas well, conditions, that, that, foreign conditions. He was he was named man of the series. It's going to be fascinating to see what they, how Curran gets on on, on mm. say Sri Lanka pitches. Well, I think he'll be good. I mean, in fact, we you've said this before. Ch- Chamindavas, you know, he's a similar sort of bowler to Chamindavas, and he'll get the ball to snake through low. I think the pitches in Sri Lanka are going to be snake pits, so they'll be turning a lot, but they'll also get grip and keep low for the seamers. So somebody like Curran, maybe round the wicket, bowling at the pads, will be effective. Sort of low, skiddy bowlers are actually quite good in the subcontinent, whereas the, the taller ones who try to get the ball to seam, like Broad, are not that effective. So actually, you could, you could see an England attack in Sri Lanka of Anderson, Curran and Stokes. Yeah, Pace. Stokes, yeah. And then the, the three spinners, three spinners. Ra- Rashid, Moen yeah. Ali and Jack Leach. So really, yeah. Jack Leach comes in for Broad from this team, say, mm. and then... You need to find an opener. I mean, it looks as if it looks as if Keaton Jennings is going to keep his spot. So, would you be that surprised if England's test team, the first test, is is Burns and Leach in for Broad and Cook? I I wouldn't be that surprised, and and I don't think that's a bad side. I I do worry about Keaton Jennings as a long term option. I mean, you know, I I have to hand it to Keaton. You know, he 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 walked up to all of us uh, this morning on the pitch and hello, how are you? You know, we've been slagging him off in the media, and clearly he doesn't read it. Thank God. Well, not not just slagging him off, just just kind of saying he can't play too well. He's not very good, and 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 he he fronts up with a, a a beam beaming smile and a jolly sort of good morning. I, I, I'd know, I saw him joshing in the, the nets with Farbrace and they all absolutely love him and his enthusiasm, he's dashing around the field and getting involved in the football even though it's not his natural sport and he's a fantastic character who unfortunately just can't get a run and can't catch at the moment either and I think in Sri Lanka he might be okay because it's mainly spinning pitches and spinning bowlers but uh, against good seamers I just worry that he's a walking wicket what about Rishabh Pant, um, a young what emerging star? Well, how good do you think he can be? He made a, a dashing 100 today, 114. That was a, bit, that was a hot-headed dismissal. Uh, I think he's, he's a phenomenal player. I, I mean, he could be... I did say this at the time when he first played at, the, the, at Trent Bridge, and 
I, I, I was sort of slightly ridiculed and I said he could be an Adam Gilchrist. And I really think that because I, I know that he's left-handed a bit like Gilchrist, but he's just got that panache, that uh, dangerous style of, uh, of getting on top of the bowlers very quickly, difficult to bowl at. Joe Root, after the match today, called him dangerous, a dangerous player. Absolutely is. He can take the game away from him in a jiffy. I'm not sure that he's that good a keeper at the moment. He's had a real challenge this summer keeping to bowlers going round and over the wicket, swinging the ball both ways. I'd like to measure the distance that he's had to travel from one side to the other when the ball is either angled from wide on round the wicket to over the wicket. He's probably had to cover from fourth slip on one side to fourth slip on the other side almost in the, the diving that he's had to do. There have been a hell of a lot of buys. Mm. Actually, someone should work out, mm. maybe us, we should work out how many buys have been conceded or how many extras have been conceded by, by India because that will be a telling mm. number of runs given away which in one or two tight games could have been crucial. India head off to firstly the Asia Cup and then of course ultimately the uh, fascinating series against Australia mm. down under which will be a, a real test of India's strength away from home. They're still the number one team in the world at the moment but certainly if they lose to Australia they won't be. Yeah they, well they want to prove something that they can win. You know, which it, they've never done have they? It's what alien conditions. What I, what I mean by that is not so continental conditions. I mean in the likes of England or South Africa or Australia, and they have not won a Test Series in Australia. What, just one other thing to talk about before we, we go, and that is that the, the new Cricketer magazine is out this week, and we actually created a magazine this month that we thought would sort of reflect the, the great moments or the greatest moment ever at the Oval in Test Cricket, which, of course, isn't Alistair Cook's retirement or Jimmy Anderson attaining the world record for a pace bowler. It's that great D'Oliveira performance, Basil D'Oliveira, in 1968, 50 years ago, when he made that amazing 158 in an Ashes Test match to level the series one all, was then, of course, after some... Uh, uncertainty and, and people dropping out. He was picked in the England tour to tour South Africa that winter. The South Africans refused to accept him and then of course the rest is history. South Africa were uh, then excluded from world sport for 34 years and in a way Dolivera's uh, performance was sort of almost actually brought about the end of apartheid in a, in, a, in a kind of roundabout sort of way. So we thought that we picked on that as a sort of amazing recollection of 50 years ago here at the Oval, which has an incredible habit of producing memorable moments and famous retirements. Well, yeah, absolutely. You go back to, obviously, 1948 and Don Bradman, Alistair Cook. There was that... I'll be talking about Cook. Yeah. Where you can't not talk about Peterson. You know, Peterson on the last day here in 2005, which was, you know, again, one of those great moments of cricket. Uh, just that uh, phenomenal innings on, on the final day, which sealed England's Ashes victory. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It always feels a bit melancholic at the end of the, the, the season. You associate the Oval with the end of the season and the last Test match. And we've got to wait. Well, we've only got to wait a couple of months for more Test cricket and about a month for more international cricket. But for the, the home season... It's a long old wait and it's a dark old winter. Well, it is, but don't forget there's still a, a few days to go of the county championship. Surrey close to sealing the title there and there'll be uh, other uh, games of interest to try and secure promotion or avoid relegation. We'll be looking at those next Monday. We'll also be looking back at the uh, T20 finals day, the Vitality Blast T20 finals. 
and on Sunday, it's the National Village Cup yeah. final at Lords as well. So there's lots of things we can review this time next week. And, of course, there's that magazine to purchase as well. And if you go to www.thecricketer.com forward slash podcast, you can get a 20% subscription rate off the, uh, the subscription of The Cricketer magazine. So look out for that. And we'll talk to you uh, on Monday next week. Yeah, well, the cricket has stopped for now, the test crew, but it keeps on going and we'll keep on going for the winter as well. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.